right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. Hey, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, and we are fired up, man. We're talking horsepower, who makes him, who's got the bragging rights today. It's all about our friends at Roush. And I know, man, when it comes to Ford, dude, Roush and Ford have been synonymous for so long, so many years. There's a lot of history there, but these guys are breaking out into a lot of cool, cool, just performance engines, man. Different builds, different applications. You got to love seeing this, right, Bird? Man, these guys, like you said, they're, they're kind of joined at the hip for I don't know how many decades with Ford, uh, but they're branched out into all kinds of areas. So, uh, you know, it almost gets complicated when you talk about Roush because it's like, well, who are they? Because they've got, uh, you know, engineering services. They've got garage services that support OEs. They've got, you know, high-tech dynos and development. They, they can, you know, take you know, space programs and do, you know, certain portions of it. They've got machinery, you know, five axis stuff. They've got anything and everything that you could potentially do. Roush is doing, and they have a whole performance division. And, uh, you know, we're going to get our buddy Jim on because Jim, Jim Kemp, he is the man with probably about the coolest job at Roush and probably just about anywhere because he is yeah. the <laughs> Roush Crate Engine Program Manager. And if you can imagine, you know, what goes on inside Roush, and to be kind of the guy that leads up all of their crate engine development. And, you know, they do all kinds of other engine stuff for specialty projects. So it's going to be pretty awesome to get Jim on here yeah. and give us some of that scoop on what it's like to be the man with the cool job. Hey, bro, remember that scene in Friday when Chris Tucker and Ice Cube were sitting on the thing? And I don't know what happens, but imagine Jim in a world of automotive, you know, guys that we hang out with dropping a business card where it says, Roush, Crate engine program manager. It's like that scene where they go, damn. <laughs> like, that's the scene, bro. Like, he drops that card. It's like, oh, kapow. Bam. It says, crate engine program manager. Mic drop. You're like, wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. And I'm telling you, there's a huge difference between, you know, we've all been in some mom and pop engine shop, right? And you got, couple of dudes in there and they've been building engines for a long time and they can really massage sure. some stuff up and build some cool things. But when you walk into the Roush and I've, I've gotten, you know, I've worked in uh, Jim's building there for probably 20 years now, uh, being at Ford and they're right close by here in Detroit area. And every time I walk in there, it's just mind blow of the capabilities, the talent, the expertise, the experience. Uh, it is just super cool because it's such a huge thing. There are, there are a handful of names that are synonymous 
with just horsepower performance all the bravado that that is around it and Roush is that name dude when when you're dropping a business card that says Roush crate engine program manager dude that's clout that's long money tall male that's like pow that's that's a game into right there dude that's game of thrones you know it's like boom that's uh yeah that's definitely some bragging rights man i'm fired up to talk to him because like you said when you're building a car, when you're building a, t- a truck, a car, a resto mod, a performance, you know, race car or whatever, you got to think, right? Y- you think, what is the end game? What do I want? What's the application I'm building it for? What's the powertrain that's going to get me, you know, to that end result? And Roush is a name that you got to include in the mix because when it comes to performance, when it comes to, you know, being able to rip, and I mean rip for long periods of time, it's one thing to be under a lot of boost, not have the thermal management go out and run run around the track, whether it's, you know, a drag strip or a road course, two laps, three laps, and then you got to let it cool down. You can't get out there and really enjoy it. But these guys are making ripping, raging horsepower into the, you could just lean on hard for hours on end and just you know the fun factor through the roof man these guys are building fun that's what sets them apart is they've got both ends of the spectrum from being on the racetrack like building nascar engines right being in the forefront for the last i don't know 50 60 years or whatever it's been and then also their ingrainedness with the oes and the level of engineering and testing and development and all the equipment and they can marry that together so right when you get your engine package you're like man this is heritage race bred you know engineered tested to the extreme and i think a lot of their stuff tends to have like pretty good warranty to it so you know that they have <laughs> high confidence like some guys i'm just gonna stick in the next latest greatest thing i'm going hey man i think it should be good you know give it a whirl uh you know roush just beat the thing to death they punish it they tested it and uh they're like yep you're solid man go kick some yeah, ass man. with this thing right well you could basically surmise like you know Last name hustle, first name always. These guys get it done. And I mean get it done in a way that leaves the others in the pits like, damn, they got it figured out. Uh, So, look, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have this guy, this legend we're talking about, Jim Kemp, on with us on the Two Guys Garage podcast. We are back in just a minute. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we are joined by the one and only Jim Kemp. He is Rouse's Crate Engine Program Manager. I'll tell you, man, this is going to be so good. I might yell out my PIN number right in the middle of the damn conversation. This is this is going to be awesome. Jim, welcome to the podcast, my man. Thanks for taking the time to spend with us. And, man, how is it being the man at Rouse, bro? Thank you guys for having me on, man. It's, uh, it's awesome. Uh being able to be a part of this stuff, you know, um, that was an awesome intro. I tell you what, I am, uh, I am, <laughs> I'm geeked to, to talk, man, and just uh, and kind of fill you guys in. But you, you know, you guys hit a lot of good, you know, high points on on Roush and, and the company. And and just to give you a little background, um, yeah, I've been with the company for about 25 years now. So I started, wow. you know, fresh out of, uh, out of out of college as basically, an, you know, a, a early, you know entry-level prototype technician and just kind of grew up here and and got a chance to see some of the floor level stuff of, of what we did and, and how big we've grown over the years. And it's just, you know, it's really amazing, kind of like what Kevin was leading into on, on everything that Roush is involved with, um, you know, with the motorsports and 
and prototype and, and just, you know, all, all sorts of different stuff. And I was lucky enough through the years to land this position as the, uh, the you know, the guy in charge of the crate engine program. So uh, when this position was obviously offered up to me, they, you know, come to uh, come to me and said, hey, man, you're a nuts and bolts kind of guy. You know, you're a gearhead. You, you know, you, you, you drink motor oil and, you, you know, you, 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 sweat <laughs> cool, you know, <laughs> that's. That's kind of the things that uh, you know they look for for this the people that have the passion, and and I just kind of felt natural, you know, doing it. So, um, you know, I, I didn't think twice of it. You know, it's like, yeah, absolutely, man, let's do it. So, um, being a part of this deal is just is, it's really a dream come true. So, well, after 25 years, I mean, I'd say you've earned your so- your stripes, bro. I mean. That's pretty killer, and you've seen a lot that's going on behind the scenes. Now, now get us grounded a little bit, because um, you know, as I kind of alluded, there's you know Roush Fenway Racing. There's there was a, a Roush Yates. Is that still a thing? And there's Roush Industries, Roush Performance. Yep. There's a there's a lot of little Roush entities underneath the Roush umbrella, and um, just to kind of spend a quick couple of minutes over top of kind of some things we do. Um, usually when, when people think of Roush, they think of, uh, you know, the NASCAR, the racing, uh, Ford Motor Company, which was one of our original, you know, best partners and, and still is today. Uh, but we do a lot of other things. We are a, a full service engineering company uh, for hire. And, and we work with, with most OEMs that people wouldn't ever associate us with. Um, you know, even outside of uh, our, our you know, largest customer, Ford Motor Company. Um, most of the OEMs, the U.S. and foreign, believe it or not, um, you know, with uh, with the engineering and the prototype stuff that uh, that we uh, that we offer to those companies. Um, just to kind of give you some examples, oh yeah, some things that we do uh, behind the scenes on, on some things. Um, you know, we work with a, a company called Polaris. I'm sure that everybody's familiar with. You know, and uh, we you know, helped, uh, help them with a program that's, uh, that's, that's public, uh, for the military. It's called the dagger. It's a fast insertion vehicle, um, you know, set up for a, a couple of, couple of, you know, military Marines army, you know, to get in and get out and, and if need be not leave any trace behind. So, um, to, to be able to see stuff like that, um, aerospace, uh, just alternative fuel, you know, our clean tech, Roush clean tech. Not a lot of people know, that we've got a uh, an, an alternative fuel uh, based company that uh, that converts vehicles to liquid propane. Um, RPP, you know, Roush Performance um, with the trucks and the Mustangs, you know, uh, superchargers. You know, that's there's there's so much to this company. I mean, we could go on forever. Um, machining capabilities, composites. You know, we've done uh, funny car bodies for. Uh, for uh, for some for some teams, you know, I don't want to name anybody in particular, but um, you know, we 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 stay up on top of the technology that that you know gets us the lightest, strongest body out there to go, you know, over 300 mile an hour and not blow apart. So, you know, there's a there's a lot of things happening there. Um, aviation, you know. I'm looking at the dagger you brought up. This ultralight tactical vehicle yeah. provides world class mobility for today's warfighter, and this thing. It's it's four thousand pounds, but dude, this thing can move, motivate. There's nothing it can't get over, around, or on top of. And you had your hands in making some of this. You guys, your company did. I mean, that's got to yeah. be a hell of a. I mean, you, when you get a, 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 I don't know, a grant or a wish list 
from the U.S. government say, hey, build us, you know, a tactical vehicle that we can get in and out real fast and it will run over and through everything. <laughs> That's a hell of a challenge. It looks like a trimmed up Hummer, but on steroids and a little bit more pissed off. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that was just that was that was one thing. You know, I didn't get a chance to work on that personally, but that happened in the same building. Um, and, and a lot of times, a lot of stuff like that happens you know, underneath the same building or in one of our other buildings that we get a chance to, that, that we know about, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times ahead of time before anybody else does, you know, and, and it takes a while for, for that to get under, you know, out from underneath wraps and go public and then we can finally talk about it. But, uh, but yeah, we do a lot of cool things that, you know, a lot of times we can't talk about, but, you know, this is an example of one. Um, but e even aerospace, think of, think of deep space exploration. Um, we work with a company, United Launch Alliance, uh, on life support systems, you know, for heat and ventilation and, and uh, power generation. Um, so, you know, just uh, some other examples of non-automotive type things that, that we do aside from the automotive. Um, it, it, the list goes on, man. I mean, it just, uh, it, it's unbelievable. We could almost spend, you know, hours just talking about that alone. Well, yeah, yeah, right. these guys are into everything, but all right, we got you because you are the crate engine man. So give us a little rundown, man. I mean, you guys have a killer arsenal of, looks like mostly uh, Ford stuff. Do you guys do other than Fords as well? I mean, everything from small block Ford, big block Fords, Effies, uh, the Coyotes, of course. Um, is that kind of your major bread and butter? Or have you guys spread into other areas as well? Yeah, actually, well, I'll start with the crate engine part. Um, all, the, all of our crate engines are going to be Ford-based. So just like you talked about, you know, the small block, uh, the short decks based off the 289, the 302, um, up into the Windsors uh, with the bigger cubic inch, you know, 427 seems to be the stable product for the, the Windsor um, platform. The Ford FE, the iconic Ford FE, you know, that, uh, that people grew to love and hate at the same time. Um, but uh, we've managed to obviously uh, pull some uh, um, pull some super secrets out and make the FE super cool by you know injecting it and, and giving it a little bit different look and and most of all not to make it leak because we've got some some designs on some gaskets and seals that help maintain obviously the liquids inside the engine instead of uh, on the garage floor but uh, big black Ford uh, 385 series stuff with 588s. Um, Ford Coyote, injected, naturally aspirated, supercharged, obviously supercharged because our Mustangs are supercharged. And, you know, let's face it, boost is cool, right? So, yeah, man. Yeah. Remember the old times? Remember the old days when they used to say there's no replacement for displacement? And you go, oh, on the contraire, it's called <laughs> uh, boost. It's called <laughs> uh, yeah, man. You know, you look at some of these crate engines and just rolling down your list. I know you can't make everybody happy. You're not ice cream. Uh, but at the same time, do you do you have avenues that Chevy guys could venture into? You have, you know, ways that other guys that have a little other brand loyalty can dive into? Absolutely, man. We don't leave anybody out because I've got this other we, we call it Roush competition engines and Roush custom engines are underneath the same umbrella. As a matter of fact, the guy that sits right behind me, Ron Shark from uh, Roush competition engines, um, we built. Uh, we built small block Chevys, big block Chevys. We built uh, Chryslers, Mopars. We've done Hemis. We've done, I mean, yes. we, 
Pontiacs, you name it, man. Buicks, anything and everything that's got that burns gas. You know, if we really want to stretch that out a little bit, I mean, all the way into V12 Merlins, right? The old Rolls Royce V12, the PV12 motors, man. Uh, you guys have been into everything. Now, that was a cool one. Were you around for a lot of that development and all those builds? Well, the uh, specifically the aviation that's been around for a bit. Um, Jack's that's a, that's the we we call that that's Jack Roush's. That's one of his oxygen molecules is, is aviation and P fifty one Mustang. Yeah, that's very near and dear uh, to, to his heart as far as uh, as far as that legacy goes. And and he's he's there to preserve it, which is why he come up with um, you know some very cool ideas for that sixteen fifty that that uh, Rolls Royce Packard. Uh, V12 um, to to actually convert parts uh, from its early days into what we would call a little bit more modernized uh, to extend that service life. So before, back when those things were flying around and um, they were being utilized in the war, they had a service hour of around 200 hours. We've now, with the uh, the you know the the introduction of new parts. Um, new technology. We've extended that out to wow. thousands. So yeah, a little little background for everybody that that V12 Merlin engine, right? Came out in what the 30s. Uh, it was originally in, I think, Royal Air Force Spitfire planes in World War II. Um, massively dominating in in the airspace, right? Huge performance, so they could get real high altitudes. They can get real fast speeds. They could have a really sort of flat wing that could go real fast, uh, but it had enough power to get enough lift. And, uh, you know, then that, that motor, I think, ended up in the, the Mustang P-51s, uh, what, towards the end of the war there, I think, I think in the 40s. Uh, yeah, so that Spitfire, you know, aircraft also had the same motor going in the Mustang, the P-51s. And Jack's a big, Jack Roush, he's a big, you know, aviation guy. He's been flying planes forever, maybe not always successfully. I think a few of them have gone down uh, <laughs> in some crashes, which we won't necessarily talk about. But, um, but I think in this program, because I've seen you know, those engines being built a couple of years ago and you guys had one in your lobby there for forever, but, uh, it's 1650 cubic inches, 27 liters, these things. And I think they came out like maybe around a thousand horsepower, like back in the thirties, forties, and, uh, eventually into 2000 horsepower. Now, did you guys push that even further or did you take the 2000 horsepower kind of thing and, and just make it last for so much longer than, you know the original design could handle yeah it's it's a little bit above the 2000 uh horsepower mark a little bit greater than um and that was kind of uh due to some of the parts the enhancements that uh, that we made along the way to help extend that service life out and you got to figure too these engines you know max rpm for these engines were, were 3000 rpms right so they're not you know spending massive amounts of rpms hard on parts um valve train that's one of the things that um um, Jack had had uh, redesigned with some of the valve train and made it, you know, rollerized and and uh, and, and kind of come up with his own you know, patent to uh, to improve that stuff so that way they could stay in the air longer. And um, you know, part of the uh, part of the thing that you hit on earlier was was their speed um, and their capability, and that was really due to the two speed centrifugal supercharger that that thing had. To allow it to continue making power even in the higher elevations. So, you know, when we think of centrifugal superchargers, you know, we think we think of you know Paxton and Vortec and 
and pro charger and stuff like that. These guys were doing it back in the thirties and forties, man. I mean, that's all this technology, all this stuff come from a guy at a bench with a ruler and a pencil designing real stuff. I mean, you got to figure, man, they didn't have CAD camp, any of that stuff. You know, these were real engineers, not saying that today's engineers aren't real, but those guys were, were warriors, man. I mean, think of what they, they were able to do back then without half of the or quarter of the technology what we have today. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you guys are able to kind of pick up on that because, like I said, you go to a normal engine builder and you drop off a, you know, 1936 you know, Rolls Royce V12 that's got a hole in, you know, a piston or something. They'll just stare at you and say, sorry, dude. <laughs> but you guys can turn that thing around, upgrade it in almost every way, performance-wise, durability-wise, and uh, you've got yourself one happy customer. But I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break because there's so much more of this cool stuff we're going to peel out of your brain there, Jim. So it's a quick break. Uh, we'll be back right after more with Jim Kemp from Roush. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have Jim Kemp from Roush Crate Engines. He's the program manager, and that means his name is on all the important memos, documents, emails, and so forth. Now, Jim, I got a question for you. I remember last year, I think it was like mid-year, I saw the article or read it in, in Hot Rod or something like that about that 2019 Roush F-150 you guys nicknamed Nightmare. And it was a truck that went like... Zero to 60 in like three point whatever seconds. And it was all because you guys took it, you did what Rouse does, which is make huge horsepower and horsepower that you could use on a regular basis. I got a question about this 2020 Mustang Stage 3 kit you guys are offering. Rumor is it's making GT500 power. Um, tell me a little bit about that, what you guys are offering for all the, you know, the big Mustang fans out there. Oh, we've got uh, on the uh, at SEMA this year. We we launched a special edition of Jack Roush Mustang um, with 775 horsepower. Uh, Stop it! It's, Stop 775! You're killing me, Smalls. Absolute beast, <laughs> beast animal, and that's that's, uh, that's that's you know the five liter Coyote, the Gen three five liter Coyote uh, with our you know our Roush. Uh, 2650 front inlet supercharger and uh you know the, the roush calibration um you know that uh, that that entire the coyote is just a you know it, it's a great engine platform um you know yeah it's so small it makes so much power there's no valve train there's there, there's all the issues that we think about in the in the traditional engine is removed in that platform then you can turn it up grab more rpms you guys take all the margins out that the factory has in there and add some time and some spark some fuel you guys wicked it up and here you are making 775 out of that little tiny engine that's that's nuts i'm pump gas stop it i'm pump gas <laughs> Does that have a warranty? Tell me, does that have a warranty? That that does have a warranty on it. Oh man. <laughs> man, what more could you ask for, dude? That is awesome. The stage three, um, I want to say that's uh that's seven fifty. Um seven I'm sorry, the seven ten um horsepower, but uh for me as a crate engine guy, you know, you'd actually you look at these these nightmare trucks and the uh the Mustangs. And you say, man, you know, 
I need to extrapolate that from from those vehicles and make that a standalone crate engine so us aftermarket guys can enjoy that kind of hell you know, yeah yeah that's what i'm talking about so i'm i'm working on as we speak a uh, a gen 3 supercharged coyote crate engine standalone that uh guys can put in their their you know their old muscle cars um you know older mustangs things of that nature replica cars see jim i so want to give you a man hug for those numbers and that power you're making but you're making it for the wrong brand <laughs> no 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 man no you're, you're doing just fine jim to stay the course, bro. Straight ahead, man. <laughs> when you think about, you know, the horsepower you can make today, right? In your in you know, I'm a I've been a car enthusiast since I was old enough to you know know what a car was. And in, in the world of cars and automotive, you know, uh performance, there's there's it's just amazing how many sheep think they're wolves. You know how many guys got a big brag game, but in reality their car is slow. It's a no-go machine. But here you are making making major horsepower, reliable horsepower, stuff you could drive around on a regular and consistent basis. And now anybody could take this crate engine, shove it in their old Mustang, their old Ford, their old whatever, and you got seven plus hundred horsepower. Has there been a better time in the automotive world? for the horsepower wars, for the for going fast, for performance. Absolutely, man. It's an exciting time because I tell you, I mean, even back in the day, if you think about it, I mean, we're, we're eclipsing four-digit horsepower from the factory almost. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just it, – it's hard to grasp and wrap your head around that, that when somebody says, you know, I've got 700 horsepower, you know, people just kind of nod their head in, in acceptance. Like, yeah, that's cool, you know, but – we're, we're, you know, we're traveling up the side of the mountain to, you know, when does the factory release a thousand horsepower? When, when can we have a thousand reliable horsepower on pump gas for the street? You know what I mean? I mean, that, that's, that's, can't wait. I know. Can't wait. <laughs> I mean, 500 was such a crazy number. Like I remember the, uh, the Z06 at 505, like, wow. Now we've blown past 750. So we're three quarters of the way there. Right. Mopar's got it in the 800s. So, I mean, we're knocking on the door, man. We're knocking on the door. Now, you know, we, you know, we, we talked, Jim, about the, uh, the 5.2 we built on the show this season on Two Guys Garage. Uh, so we did the, the 5.2 version, which has, you know, a little bit better heads, a little bit better valve train. You can spin it a little higher. But we used the Roush Performance, Ford Performance, kind of a joint venture there on the development of that supercharger kit. But that same 2650 you mentioned on that 5 liter, uh, I put on this 5.2, and that thing made 1,089. Uh, E85, so we cheated a little bit on the fuel, but man, that blower that you guys have. That's not cheating, man. That's available at the pump, dude. Yeah, dude, that's not Pump cheap. gas. You're absolutely right, man. Pump gas. I can go to um, fire and get E85. <laughs> that's right. But that blower, you guys, in, and it's, you machine it right in your building, right? I, I swear I've been in there and uh, seen them. Yeah. Yeah, so they're machining, you know, kind of the upper lower cases and stuff of that that blower setup. But that thing made almost 1,100 horsepower on a 5.2 liter uh, Coyote, man. I love natural, being naturally aspirated. There's a lot of cool factor with making a lot of horsepower naturally aspirated. 
But man, when it when it comes down to it, boost is crazy. Yeah, man, I hate naturally aspirated garbage nowadays. I'm a naturally aspirated guy. I got a lot of cars up here with carburetors still on them, some with fuel injection. I get mopped up with these boosted up cars, man. I'm like, I got me a couple supercharger cars, got me a couple turbo cars. But man, everything's got to have a turbo or a supercharger on it nowadays, or even nitrous, you know? There's ways you can add power. There's all this engineering in it, and that's what Roush does that's really great. All this R&D, all this research the history the heritage all the racing just knowledge that is incorporated in their builds you get all that reliability all that play factor right right just by going to their website in order to create engine it's all there it's not like you're piecing a bunch of crap together no this is all r&d this is all research this is all performance stuff it's gonna knock your socks off son well speaking of na um good buddy of mine joe holyfield was working with you guys last year on that uh mgb with the five liter coyote and the stacks the individual runner right the throttle bodies uh so he put so it's an mg right think about those little mg convertibles the b had the hard top on it so it's got a lot more structure to it uh wide body slammed right fully gutted kind of race prepped and right in the front oh yep i'm looking at um We've got a little web meeting here. I can see the picture in Jim's office, man, of that car. It is so badass. Yeah. It's got, you know, like I said, the stacks coming right up through the hood of this thing, uh, side pipes. It sounds so wicked. And I think that car is in the, like, 2,400-pound range or something crazy, 2,200 pounds. That's not so, even – y'all cheating. Yeah, I bet you that naturally aspirated <laughs> setup would take on just about any kind of boosted thing you're going to throw at it in that – you know, 3,600, 3,800, 4,000 pound category. So uh, they got a little bit of everything for everybody. That's what's awesome. We are like the candy store. So if you need, absolutely need something, we, we've got you covered. Um, obviously, you know, Ford with crate engine. And if, uh, if you know, there's there's another need, uh, another brand, we've got, the, we've got the capability for that stuff too. Our uh, competition engine team are actually working with an off-road uh, an off-road customer of ours, Keegan Kincaid, he won last year's Midwest Lucas Oil uh, Tour and won the championship there. That's one of our Roush engines inside of that thing. So, I mean, we're we're at the track, you know, we're on the streets, we're we're doing our uh, our, our real-time research and development, and a lot of that stuff too. That I uh, get some of the feedback from Ron on, on what he's doing, and and a lot of times we look at, you know, how can we improve our product. You know, whether it be cooling, fuel, spark, whatever, um, you know, there's nothing worse than than taking a vehicle and going to beat the snot out of it at the track in the dirt and uh, um, making the thing live and obviously stay cool. So, um, you know, a lot of a lot of that stuff kind of goes into, you know, just the whole big, you know, enterprise of, of engine engineering over here. So. so I got one question before we run out of time. Being there for as long as you have been, you know, two and a half decades, you look at it, it's got to be an, an amazing sort of means to sit back, step out 10,000 feet and see the dynamic change of what you were building in power and what the ranges and what performance was back in 25 years ago, right? In like the early to mid 90s. And think about where we're at now. You're talking about how all the companies are building four-digit horsepower now. We're almost there, reachable on crate engines and a few other options. But, man, when you first started, 300, 
400. I think you were probably dealing with four six mod motors back in the day or whatever, squeezing them as hard as you could squeeze them to make 450. And now, how is it in your driver's seat seeing this huge paradigm shift in performance numbers and where people are going with power? And what do you see as the next evolutionary leap in this world? You know, that's uh, that's interesting because if you know the thing that really comes to mind is is when i was you know in the starting out in the business i mean you got to figure fox body mustang was 225 horsepower and we thought that was fast right you know your buddy with his five speed mustang you know five liter five speed out ripping it up you know maybe doing a gear change or putting long tube headers on and and, and maybe maybe getting over 300 horsepower with bolt-ons right or Maybe your buddy with the 350, you know, the, the Camaro, you know, third gen Camaro, trying to make that, those things fast. And just, you know, in the middle of it all, really, we weren't making squat the horsepower, relatively speaking, of what we're doing today. You know, yeah. um, pulling back and looking at it, it's just it's not stopping anyway soon. You know, the climb to the top, I don't know where this thing's going to peak at because. Right. You, you take a look and just everybody's just going for that next. It's almost like the game of, of you know, we're uh, the one up. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who, who can put their hand on top of the, the handle of the bat and win? But, you know. That's a long bat. There's no top to it, right? There's there's no there's no stopping no winning because the bat just keeps going higher and higher. I mean, when you look at uh, the pro mod guys, we've talked to a couple times on our our show here recently, right? Those guys are making 3,500, 4,000 horsepower, and yeah, there's a lot of uh, you know really high end custom stuff, but that shows you where you're headed, right? So if you can make 3,500, 4,000, 4,500 horsepower. Uh, technically on the street, if you can drive it across the country to do drag week, then you know that type of push, that type of you know continuation of horsepower gains is just going to keep trickling down and trickling down, right to where it's you know affordable, it's in our hands, right. So you can kind of see that if these guys are so far out there, we're at a thousand, and they're at four thousand, right. Some of that's going to come falling our way. Yeah, that, right? that technology trickles down to essentially to us um and and to design parts that live longer that that allows us you know to have a production type engine that you know that can go over a hundred thousand miles error free and make all the horsepower you know that you want to make um reliably and uh, you know it, it is it's just it's it's crazy to see where like you said drag week and pro mod and you know all these competitions type motorsports you know how fast everybody's going and and really like i said that's kind of a you know a hub for r d for a lot of that stuff to fall back our way to make our stuff you know even better yet you know taking the crate engine stuff and 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 making product improvements and continuous improvement there to uh you know to bring the product up even further yet you know to make the higher horsepower to make it last longer the stuff like that you know where do you see roush at in three years in five years what's the power what's the number what's the crate engine where where is roush moving in what direction in the next three to five years that's a that's that's interesting man because things are changing so much man and and just to understand where things are and what we're seeing behind the scenes you know some of that i can't talk about yet because we're seeing a lot of that technology through these oems on our side um, you know, we're seeing new powertrains, you know, getting ready to come to market. 
and and we're seeing what the capabilities are of that stuff. And let's just say, man, it, you know, there's going to be some interesting twists here in the future. Um, who knows where it's going to go, but the horsepower is going to continue to go up. And, and we're just, I don't know where the cap's at. You know, I, I don't know who's going to tap out first, you know. I'm going to read between the lines because he said what the OEs are coming out with. And, um, you know, we know all this electrification stuff. So I, I know Jim's got to be spinning between bigger blower or ludicrous mode. You know, like, how do I stitch this all together? Where is this thing headed? Um, it's everywhere. I mean, you just, you're, you're, you're looking, you're looking at this vast, you know, the, all this stuff happening in the background and you're just trying to reach out and grab some stuff and then try to come up with something that, that people are going to, going to want to have in the aftermarket, you know, something that they're going to want to play with, something that's going to be attractive to the eye. You know, um, there's nothing sexier, man, than a, than an old school push rod motor, you know, with, uh, you know, an injection on top or, you know, I, I don't really be, I know you got some carburetors hanging around on the, on the shelf, man. Yeah. <laughs> carburetors are still cool too, you know? <laughs> so. Indeed, brother. Indeed. Especially with the nitrous plate under them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, look, Jim Kemp, he is the Rouse Crate Engine Program Manager. We really appreciate your time, Jim, your expertise, your knowledge, where the industry is going, where it's been. You keep doing great things, man. You keep laying low and bossing up, son, because we appreciate what you're doing at Roush. We love seeing it. We love reading it. We love talking to you about it. Uh, and again, man, thanks for joining the Two Guys Garage podcast. We appreciate it, my man. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, that was awesome, man. Great to talk to Jim all about Roush, all about their performance, everything they're doing in the market. We love it. Hey, and don't forget, man, we are on your TV each and every weekend on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand, which is a great way to get us. So, again, thanks to our guest, Jim Kemp from Roush Crate Engines. Please, a program manager. Thanks to my man, Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B., our producer, Scoop, and our executive producer, Bob Ecker. And don't forget to check us out on our website twoguysgarage.com there's so much great content down there and that's kind of where we live right connected to our tv show and share your thoughts with us on social we are everywhere facebook instagram and twitter at two guys garage and two guys garage podcast is a copyright 2020 brenton productions incorporated all rights reserved share away share share just don't steal it it's ours we'll see you in the next two guys garage podcast Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.